Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1336. Today, a brief history of time travel in the Star Wars universe. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And yes, the reason we're talking about this is, of course, because of the events of A World Between Worlds, which was the Rebels episode that premiered on Monday night. Now, the thing of it is, is that time travel is probably one of the most dangerous plot elements you can introduce into any storytelling situation. And, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. But just to lay the groundwork for the situation, that world between worlds is not just a conduit between the living and the dead, as Palpatine put it, and is not just a gateway, as the minister put it, who was doing all this excavation and research, right? And also, as we saw in the illustration of the Mortis gods, where you could see that it was essentially a map that was being depicted but it's also a place where you have the ability to see things in the past and presumably from the future as well and go into portals to these different places in time and actually affect the events in those places which is the equivalent of time travel now time travel in science fiction in general is rather common. I mean, it's as old practically as science fiction itself. But it's also a very dangerous thing to play with as a plot element because it makes it a lot easier for you to start introducing conflicts in story. And with Star Wars in particular, (laughs) you know, a lot of the complaints about the old expanded universe, which is now Legends, centered around the idea that there were a lot of conflicts being created with the different stories where, you know, things didn't match up with each other. And so in some cases, things had to be retconned. So that way other stories weren't in conflict with each other. And in some cases, it was just like, throw your hands up because, hey, you know, (laughs) that's just what we got to live with. Like things are just going to conflict with each other. And even though this story says one thing and another story says another, nope, sorry, you know, (laughs) like we can't resolve it. Although in the world of Star Wars, that stuff wasn't happening because of time travel. But time travel certainly makes these kinds of situations very possible and much more likely from a storytelling perspective. And it also just makes things or has the potential to make things extraordinarily complicated. I mean... You know, I think back to probably my first experience with time travel stories, and it was with the stories during Chris Claremont's run on the X-Men back in the 80s where the Sentinels were coming back in time and assaulting the X-Men and causing them all sorts of problems. And then you get into things like 
alternate future Earth storylines and then characters are coming from these alternate Earth storylines and hanging out with characters in our universe and then they're having kids together and then they're going off into other storylines and all of these crazy branching divergent things and it's no wonder that Marvel suddenly decides oh this is too complicated let's reboot the universe right because it's just too hard to keep a hold of and in fact that wonderful tv show heroes that was on for a few seasons before it had its heroes reborn thing you know things were really awesome with that but hero nakamura the character who could you know control time and go back in time like that created problems for the series the more they went on because there was just you know too much to keep track of and ultimately you just kind of throw your hands up and say all right you know what whatever's happening is happening and yeah if it's compelling characters then i guess i'll watch it but i've stopped trying to understand exactly what's going on it's not necessarily the greatest thing but you know if you do the work of creating a compelling overall storyline and compelling characters, then you can kind of get away with this stuff. And certainly I would say that Rebels has done that. And the fact that the Jedi Temple has been destroyed now suggests that they're going to be using this notion of messing with time very sparingly, which I think is probably a very wise thing to do. In the old Legends stuff, if you look at Wikipedia, there are three quote-unquote alleged cases of time travel and nine confirmed cases of time travel in the old expanded universe. One of them has to do with the concept of flow walking, which was a practice in the Force that was taught by a particular group of monks called the Ang-Ti, A-I-N-G-T-I-I. And the reason I'm flagging this one for you is because this one in particular touches the Skywalker saga. It's uh, described this flow walking thing as a method of touching the Force by flowing along its currents and reading its intentions. And it says here, when using this method, it was important to remain attached and anchored in the real world or else risk losing oneself to the flow. And you could see the future in the past, but you couldn't affect it. You could only leave an imprint or an impression of yourself in the force around it. And that could actually be sensed by other force users. And a person of note who learned to do this and did it on several occasions was Jason Solo, one of the twins that Han and Leia had. And he eventually became Darth Cadus, and after doing a whole bunch of bad stuff, including killing his aunt, which would be Mara Jade, who was the wife of Luke Skywalker, ultimately he had to be brought to heel, and it was Jaina Solo, his twin sister, who ended up wiping him off the face of the galaxy. But that force-walking ability is one of a very small category of ways that anything related to time travel happens. According to Wikipedia, says here, while time travel was an exceedingly rare phenomenon, a few cases were partially documented, no record of deliberate physical time travel is known. All known cases involved unusual hyperdrive malfunctions, the effects of the force, or similar exotic events. And as far as it happening to any characters of note, well, it happened to R2-D2 and C-3PO in a crossover episode or crossover series of episodes, I can't remember for sure, of the Droids Ewoks cartoon series from the 80s, if you remember that. It also happened to Mace Windu in a comic book, and it also happened to Princess Leia in a comic in the UK, actually, Marvel UK's The Empire Strikes Back Monthly, number 154, and that's 
particularly notable because it was written by Alan Moore. Yes, that Alan Moore of Watchmen and V for Vendetta and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and the Killing Joke. Yeah, he actually wrote this one-shot story of Princess Leia in a time travel situation. And I will link that and the full Wikipedia post on time travel in the Star Wars universe at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com so you can check that out. I'm going to take a quick break and then something has surfaced recently that suggests what the future of Star Wars animation could be. And I'm going to talk about that after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. All right, so here we go with pronunciation stuff. Jason Krebsbach. All right, hopefully Jason and I got that right. Uh, he is the founder of Yakface.com. Yakface is a website that caters to Star Wars collectors. And it's been going for many, many, many years. It's probably one of the preeminent websites, if not the preeminent website for Star Wars collectors. Anyway, he posted recently that he was doing routine searches for various trademark and patent filings and whatnot. And just found out that Lucasfilm has four new registrations revolving around Star Wars resistance as a phrase. That's his writing on yakfaceforums.com. And so they involve toys and games and whatnot, clothing and footwear, paper and paper articles and apparatus for recording, transmission of sound images or data, digital media, audiobooks. I will link to this in the blog post for the show's episode because it's rather fascinating. And the working theory is that this could be the title of a new series, comic, game, or other venture, as Jason puts it. But, you know, we've been talking about the possibility of more storytelling in that period in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And also, there is still a gap even of just six years in between the novel Bloodline and the events of The Force Awakens. And so, you know, Rebels takes place in the five years leading up to the events of A New Hope. It's not necessarily going to end at A New Hope or even at Rogue One per se, but it takes place in that window. And so the fact that we have sort of a predefined six-year window from when the Resistance was founded to when The Force Awakens unspooled itself on big screens, you know, that seems like a great time period to be able to explore. And yes, it's been explored a bit with, say, Before the Awakening, the Greg Rucka collection of stories that featured Poe Dameron in an adventure that happens proximate to The Force Awakens. And then there's also the Poe Dameron comic book series, too. So, yeah, there's definitely some stuff that's been done, but there is a lot more that can be explored. And so my money is going to say... <laughs> 
this could be our new series, and I think that would be pretty exciting stuff as it is. I'd love to hear what you think Star Wars Resistance could be about, so please do share your thoughts at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. That is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the shortest offensive of all time, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.